The journey up the coastline was choppy, the shrimp trawler too far out to get a good look at the muddy shore. While other passengers rested fitfully in sleeping bags spread out on the deck or in the berths below, 15-year-old Tommy Bogue gripped the slick railing, bracing himself against the waves. He'd already puked twice, but was determined not to miss a beat of this adventure. The constellations soared overhead, clearer than he'd ever seen them. He wiped salt spray from his eyes with an impatient hand and squinted at the horizon. He was still boy enough to imagine a pirate galleon looming toward them, the Jolly Roger flapping in the Caribbean breeze. This was his first sea journey, his first trip outside the United States. He squinted at South America as it blurred by, vague and mysterious, imagining the creatures that roamed there. A few years earlier, he'd devoured DC Comics's Bomba the Jungle Boy series, and now imagined himself the hero of his own drama. The very name of his destination, Guyana, was exotic. None of his school friends had ever heard of it, nor had he before his church established an agricultural mission there. After his pastor made the announcement, Tommy read and reread the Guyana entry in the Encyclopedia Britannica until he could spout Guyanese trivia to anyone who showed the slightest interest in what the lanky, bushy-haired teen had to say. Aboard the Cudjo, he ticked off this book knowledge to himself. Jaguars, howler monkeys, one of the world's largest snakes, the green anaconda, growing up to 20 feet long and reaching 350 pounds. The country was home to several of the world's largest beasts, the giant anteater, the giant sea otter, the giant armadillo, the 15-foot black caiman. He knew a few things about the strangeness surrounding him, and those few things comforted him. The plane ride from San Francisco to Georgetown had been another first for Tommy. He sat next to another teenager from his church, Vincent Lopez, and the two boys took turns gaping out the small convex window as they soared over the Sierra Nevada, the Great Plains, the farm belt, the entire breadth of America. The cement mass of New York City astounded him. Skyscrapers bristled toward every horizon. At JFK International Airport, Pastor Jones, who was going down to visit the mission himself, kept a tight hand on the boys as he herded them toward their connecting flight. Everything about Tommy Bogue was average, his height, his build, his grades, except for his penchant for trouble. His parents couldn't control him. Neither could the church elders. He hated the long meetings the congregation was required to attend, and was always sneaking off to smoke weed or wander the tough streets of the Fillmore district. Ditching church became a game, one he was severely punished for, but which proved irresistible. They'd only told him two days ago that he was being sent to the mission field. His head was still spinning with the quickness of it all. The counselors told him he should feel honored to be chosen, but he was wise to them. He overheard people talking about manual labor, separation from negative peers, isolation, culture shock. All these things were supposed to be good for him. He knew he was being sent away, but at least he'd get out of the never-ending meetings, and more important, He'd see his father for the first time in two years. His dad left for Guyana in 1974, one of the pioneers. He'd called home a few times over the mission's ham radio, and in brief, static-filled reports, he sounded proud of what the settlers had accomplished, 
clearing the bush by hand, planting crops, building cottages. Tommy was eager to see it himself. Finally, as the sun blazed hot and high overhead, the cudjo shifted into low gear and swung toward land. The other church members crowded Tommy as the boat nosed up a muddy river, the wake lifting the skirts of the mangroves as it passed. In the high canopy, color flashed. Parrots, orchids, bromeliads. The travelers slipped back in time, passing thatched huts stilted on the riverbanks, and Amerindians, who eyed them warily from dugout canoes. This was their territory. Late in the afternoon, the passengers arrived at a village named Port Kaituma, and excitement rippled through them. The deckhands tied the cudjo to a pole in the water, and Tommy helped unload cargo up the steep embankment.